<laughs> and we're live. Okay. Okay. Hi, Josh. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Aaron. Hello. How are you? So good. Good. <laughs> we're trying something different today on the podcast. We have invited a guest, Erin Farrell. Um, she is the managing director of the Space 150 New York office. So you got it. You can say it couple things about that if you'd like. Um, Erin has been on our podcast before. She was on our very first live episode panel discussion Yeah, in June. Oof. That was a while. It seems like a year ago, but it was just a I was going to say, was it this calendar year? It was this. Okay. Yeah. It was 2016. Wow. Yeah. It was super fun. Yeah. Um, we brought Erin back, not to be interviewed this time, no. but to be the interviewer, yeah. interviewing Josh on his journey into... Uh, through management. Yep. So Aaron is going to grill Josh today about work and stuff. I will try not to cry, um, <laughs> but still remain imposing. vulnerable. <laughs> She's very imposing. Well, for anyone who I've managed, they, they'll let you know that any conversation with me starts with crying. So okay. good, good. <laughs> God, I hope not. Making them cry or you cry? <laughs> it just depends. Either. Yeah. It really depends on what day of the week it is. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited. I love the new format and, you know, diving in deeper into Josh, your journey into management and all of those transitions. Um, you know, it's I, I've been in a managerial role and, and um, overseeing people's, you know, whether it's their careers or their personal goals um, for quite a while now. So it's fun to think about, um, you know, it, it's important, I should say, to always go back and think about, like, never get too comfortable with that role. Yeah. And uh, continue to kind of think about, like, every every time in my career should hopefully feel like the first six months in a certain way, you know, and that you're, you're kind of continually building upon it, but you're keeping it fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to, to hear more. I totally said your job wrong, even though I asked you right before we went on air. Yeah. You're also drinking. Yeah. So <laughs> disclaimer, it's we totally have. fine. Managing director, general manager, uh, queen, I'll take any of those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boss lady. All any right. of those. That's, that's totally fine. Or just human. Lady, lady chancellor. Yes. Okay. <laughs> lady <laughs> chancellor. <laughs> Madame. I will also take that. Uh, yeah. No, it doesn't. The, so the title in, really doesn't matter. I was in the realm. Yeah. She's the boss of things. Yeah. Yeah. Today, she's the boss of Josh. Yeah. <laughs> let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you stepped into this role in May of this year. So you've been mm-hmm. in that for about six months or so. About. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so when you think about when you think about um, what your expectations were for the role and now that you're six months into it, what would you say, like, has there been this thing that was like, oh, yeah, totally nailed it. Like, that's exactly what I thought managing was going to be like. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if there is anything like that. Um, I think the closest that would come to that would be the, the one-on-one process, like, and, or one-to-one, depending on how you want to say that. If you're Brad, you say one-to-one because it's a colon. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I looked that up though, and and nomenclature is one-to-one. It's a ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But uh, so I'd say that process has mm-hmm. been very similar to what I expected coming mm-hmm. into it. Um, you know, the, the feedback that you give uh, setting deliverables for the next one on one 
and you know how to move forward with their career progression and that sort of thing. That's been pretty similar to what I thought it would be. Okay. But I think that's about the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the, the, the fact that that's the only thing. So what are the things mm-hmm. that have surprised you or have been kind of wildly off the mark that you were expecting? I think that I didn't... Um, I think that the first time that someone actually asked me a question and was deferring to me to wait and mm-hmm. answer it was very shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I, I guess I kind of knew that I would be on the hook for answering questions and things and mm-hmm. like deciding the way that things would progress. But I mean, the first time that that actually happened, it was still very shocking. Wait, so somebody got stuck? No, it, well, kind of. They were, well, it was more like we need a decision between this and this. Mm-hmm. And Josh, I was told that that's your decision to make. So can you please give me, you know, what, what it is that you want to do here. And that was, I guess, really, it, it honestly took me back. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, I was taken aback, I should yeah. say. Um, Were you drunk with power? Yes. <laughs> for about a millisecond. Yeah. And then I was like, oh wait, I really have <laughs> no power. Yeah. <laughs> and then paralyzed with fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a good workflow. Yeah. Work with power. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It keep, keeps you honest, I yeah. would suppose. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, um, y- there was something you mentioned in um, the last podcast when mm-hmm. you were talking about the interview process and, and you were referring to um, that time of like, you, I think you, you, you referenced it as essentially like now all of a sudden, you know, you have this like, you don't go on data anymore. You right. don't ha- you you don't have that time to like absorb and come back with like the perfect answer. Mm-hmm. That your role now in in this le- more in this leadership role is to like you you don't have the time to do that. You go on your gut more. Right. Um. So I'd love to hear because I often um talk to and and hopefully influence a lot of the people that I work with, both from a peer perspective and and a managerial perspective to build their gut, to trust their gut more and and to, you know, at times some, you know, don't over index on the data. Mm -hmm. So knowing though that you come from such more of an engineer background and um, how, how has that felt in this, in this first six months? It's been, that's been kind of difficult. Like in, in the specific example I'm recalling, I can't really share too much detail sure. about it, but that and this were two reactions that I had at the same time okay. with this question. It was, I didn't have all of the data. This mm-hmm. was like a gut feeling kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like one of the first times I've ever had to move forward like that without all the answers in front of me or, mm-hmm. or data, I should say, in front of me. So it was it was difficult, but um, one of the things that uh, Karen, my executive um, VP, mm-hmm. uh, had told me was that she heard that I was a student of leadership, and a lot of the the things that I had read up to that point had talked about this, and mm-hmm. that um, and and as well, my peers were saying that my instincts are good. Mm-hmm. So I decided I just had to really go with, yeah. with what I, what I thought was right in that situation. Yeah. So I think that's, that's amazing. I think one of the scary things, um, when you see people move into management or a managerial role too early in their career, it's mm-hmm. not that they don't have the ability to do it. Um, it, it becomes that instinct and that, and that gut piece of it. Yeah. Um, oftentimes we're, um, 
celebrated or rewarded for having the right answer. Mm-hmm. And I remember very early in my career, probably actually one of probably my first reviews, um, as, and this wasn't even into moving into managing people, but, um, my manager had said, I- I'll be really interested to see how well you do when you have less information. Sure. You know, yeah. cause there was that element of like, oh, well, when I know I'm right, I know I'm right. And I can feel confident in what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's, that's so unique and I think is amazing about what, what you've experienced coming into, you know, coming, being a student for, you know, for a period of time and then stepping into that to recognize right out of the gate, like I need to trust my instincts in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, that's very perceptive. And I think it's something that anyone, you know, when you think about like, eventually you're going to be leading somebody else into their first managerial position to think about like in their first six months, like this is going to be uncomfortable. This is going to feel awkward. You're going to put yourself out there in some ways that you're not totally comfortable doing, but you also have to do that to kind of like build that muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a reaction that you have to hone, Mm -hmm. I guess. That's great. I still, see myself a lot of times like searching, oh, I need more data on this. Yeah. I have to figure this out. Yeah. But really it, it, it comes, when it comes down to it, it's what are your intentions and like how is the thing that you're thinking about going to meet those intentions? Sure. And I guess that's, that's really kind of been my guiding, guiding light lately. Yeah. And since that first question I've had about, I don't even know, 80 other instances of this because mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're changing a lot of systems okay. at, at my job mm-hmm. now. And, and I've had to be a part of like forming that and, and, and moving that ahead. Yeah. So do you have flexibility when you give people on your team advice about what to do next? It seems like the work that you're doing being in enterprise support is so much more, uh, procedural mm-hmm. or, um, process driven or ta- even tangible where in my experience, the things that I'm trying to have my team when they come to me with questions it's it's there's 50,000 different ways you could approach this problem mm-hmm. none of them are written in a book anywhere mm-hmm. here's what i would do and how like do you have flexibility to say here's what i would do take that advice mm-hmm. and go do what you would do or is it more you need to do this by the book because this is a piece of software that has constraints so there's this book that i i read um and I, I finished it twice before I, I became a leader because I really wanted to work on this. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, The Coaching Habit mm. um, by uh, Michael <laughs> Bungay-Stanier, okay. I think is how to pronounce that. Hopefully Let I didn't see. butcher his name too bad. Um, and, it, and it really talks a lot about asking questions and mm. letting that be your kind of your, your starting position, basically. And, and it really tries to help you clarify with questions when mm-hmm. someone has a, something like this. And so I'll go through that because honestly, we do, we do have a software platform, but that's really the only standard thing that you encounter in people's environments because they can have whatever machine they want. They can have whatever systems attached to that that they want. Networking before it even gets to that machine is always a question. So there really are a thousand different variables to consider, even for a question like how fast should my backups be? So not to try to get too technical on it, but there are hundreds of ways that people could approach any one problem that that comes to the desk. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to do is help them uncover their, their 
intuition yeah. mm-hmm. on it. And if, if they're not responding to any of my questions, then I go to like, here's what I would do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really that just is, is more like, here's the questions I would ask sure. and not necessarily here's what you need to do. I think that's fantastic. I, you know, I think probably the one thing that the, the biggest thing I should say that you see new managers go through is that like their own anxiety of <laughs> wanting to, you know, that you're feeling worth or, or, you know, or feeling value mm-hmm. in a different way. And so it becomes that element of like telling versus listening because you're yeah. so anxious to, to, you know, to provide worth, right. It's right. parenthood, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. you're so anxious to be able to provide that answer. And, and this is 100% excuse me, my, my own experience. I think I spent way too much time talking and not enough time listening. Yeah. Certainly early, and I have to remind myself of it now. Absolutely. For how how long? Because <laughs> yeah. I went through the same thing. Yeah. It, Wait, Aaron's now being interviewed. <laughs> no, it's fair. That's totally no. fair. You know, I honestly, I would say it's it's definitely that first six months to a year in any new managerial role, though, because I I think it's not just like the first time you become a manager. Mm-hmm. It's the first time you become a manager to this group of people, or now you're doing this different type of work, or it's a different office, mm-hmm. or whatever that thing is. And I would say, hopefully I've gotten better at it. Um, I'm definitely more aware of it. Like mm-hmm. when I, mm-hmm. in my newest position, it was definitely something I was more aware of right out of the gate of like, okay, I wanna make sure that I know my value is going to feel different here. And I need to find that balance of impacting the culture and adding on to it, yeah. but not being like the leader of the culture. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. like that kind of balance. And so, and when I say the culture, I mean, it's just, it's all of those things. It's, it's answering yeah. questions and helping people find their own voice and helping guide them. So I'd say it's, it is really the first year in every new role. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to find your way through it, but I think it's the aware, the awareness of it hopefully has gotten better mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. I can, I can connect my, I said same experience and agree. It's the first there's like a phase and yeah. hopefully you can shorten that yeah. phase. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, rawr. Yeah. Um, but for me, I can connect it def- directly to my twenties, thirties oh, and now my forties. Interesting. Like, I became a manager of people when I was in my twenties and yeah. it was definitely very rigid Yeah. and this is how we do it. And mm-hmm. you must, yep. you know, very directive Yeah. in my thirties. Um, same, but also uh, more open yeah. to other people's points of mm-hmm. view, I guess. Yeah. And kind of um, cultivating that skill. And in my 40s, more like, what would you do? Yeah. Oh, I think that's fantastic. You you know, Josh, when you were mentioning um, a book about coaching, I Mm -hmm. perked up. I I have, you know, have an athletic background. So coaching has always been a huge part of my life, being either a recipient of it or or the person who was in the coaching role. And, you know, early... In my career, you know, there was a, the analogy made um, in, in basketball, you know, terms of talking about like not everybody, um, especially in a managerial role, not everybody's looking for Bobby Knight. You know, there's like this, like that's this is the way that I coach. This mm-hmm. is the way, you know, when you buy into that system. And I think, you know, talking about like decades, like you kind of go in a little bit more on the Bobby Knight end of it. And then mm-hmm. hopefully you kind of leave a little bit more on like the Phil Knight end of it where it's, it's a little bit more... Um, um, was that Phil Knight from the Lakers? Sorry, I'm thinking Phil Knight yeah. from You're Nike. The wrong two people. Phil Internet. Knight. Internet. Is tell it? us. <laughs> is this hockey? Uh, no, basketball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is totally out of my realm. But um, 
but I think you you hopefully leave that in more of that kind of like mm-hmm. who, who who is the team? The team will tell me what kind yeah. of manager to be. Yeah. The team will tell me, you know, and it's not that you can't help instill your values or your leadership within right. that, but you're But that's the path to mastery, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I I mess this up like every once oh, in a yeah. while and yeah. I go, "Wow, I really did not yeah. <laughs> handle that well. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the outcome was fine, but it's not the way that I want to be a leader. So like, when those instances happen, when you have mm-hmm. that moment of like, oh, I did not maybe do that <laughs> the way that I would have thought, um, how do you, or what have you done with, like, if it involves an employee, like, what's your way of addressing that, um, either, you know, both personally and then with your I've, person? I've gone back and just said, I don't think I handled that correctly. That's like, awesome. do you still have, like, do you feel like you have what you need in order mm-hmm. to do this or like, can we revisit that a little bit? Mm-hmm. And I mean, part of it is that, uh, I mean, so I, I don't feel like I'm doing anything special or anything like that. I made a, uh, the decision to become a leader a long time ago mm-hmm. and I've been kind of just biding my time and, mm-hmm. and probably waiting too long, but, um, but just doing it intentionally mm-hmm. and, and learning how I want to do this. And then, I think part of that gave me the ability to see people who were like really upfront and in the work and and getting their hands dirty every day and I could see how bad that was yeah. for them and for yeah. everyone around yeah. them. Yeah. And I I knew what I didn't want to do very very well. Yeah. <laughs> and so I do what I can to guard against that, sure. I guess. Um a little bit more, but um but yeah, I my my goal is to and I, I said with my team, like I had a meeting right away when I, you know, in my first six months with everyone who was going to report to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is who my team is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so, you know, all, all of you now know who's who's on this this team that reports to me. And um, and I'm new at this. So mm-hmm. we're going to learn how to do this together. Um, I'm probably going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I ask for your forgiveness <laughs> up front. But um, I really want to be successful at this role. Mm-hmm. And I want to help you be more successful as well. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing something that you don't like, if you if you feel like I should handle something differently, pull me aside and, and let me know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, nothing bad's going to happen. I, I need feedback too. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I think, I think that my team is, is pretty good like that where yeah. they, they will come back. And, and when I say my team, <laughs> uh, like Brad and, and David, the, the other managers on my team, um, like we all kind of share mm-hmm. the, the, the leadership of the entirety of enterprise. Support. Got it. Got it. And so like I could have someone come to me for advice or something like that that isn't a direct report of mm-hmm. mine. And that that's a little different than, mm-hmm. you know, with my direct reports. I have to sometimes go, here's how I think you should do this, but you really should mm-hmm. put, run that by your, your direct mm-hmm. manager mm-hmm. quick. But. That's great, though, that you have that um, structure to have peers in a managerial mm-hmm. role as well. I think it's it's really easy uh, to think as you move up the ladder that it's like, oh, it gets smaller and I have less <laughs> people to talk to. And and that might be the case, yeah. but there is that also like, you know, early in my career, someone would give me the advice of like, you need to have your a teacher's lounge and the the kind of the more north you go in, in any certain company, that teacher's lounge should get smaller. So it's essentially like, 
you don't need to be airing your laundry to sure. everybody, right? Yeah. But th- I also think that's, it, again, it's an inclination. Oftentimes when you step into managerial role, it's like, oh, I have to know all of the things. And I, mm-hmm. you know, like I have to be completely autonomous and, and be able to give all of the answers. And it's so important to have a peer or someone else that you can lean on, whether they're in your organization yeah. or not, to just go like, how does this feel? Like I'm bumping up against this certain thing or I'm having this sort of, you know, I, th- I handled it in this way and I don't know if that feels right or whatever. So that's, that's awesome that you have that structure. Yeah. I, it's, it's been very helpful as well. Yeah. Cause I'll, I'll say, here's what I'm thinking about doing in this situation sure. and I'll get, and, and we all have different strengths and different personalities a little bit. Um, you know, we share like a lot of, I think core understandings, Mm -hmm. but we do, we approach things differently, every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to get like that kind of blend of, of like how, you know, how would you approach this if, Mm -hmm. if this was something that you were doing? Yeah. Very cool. How has, now that you are a manager, how has that changed your role with your managers or your like managing up? Uh, I mean, I think I'm still learning what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I do still try to give feedback to my manager. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really get an opportunity that much to like lead up with, you know, my executive vice president, sure. but my VP, who's also named Josh, mm-hmm. it's not confusing at all. <laughs> no. We like to sit next to each other Perfect. in meetings with new people. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> we have a leadership program at Code42 mm-hmm. and he's been involved in that. And, and so has Brad actually mm-hmm. and, and David. And so it's been an opportunity for me to give them all feedback mm-hmm. about like how they're leading and that sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, um, it's sort of like a, a formalized feedback loop, kind of like a, a formalized way of what we were talking about in our live episode with mm-hmm. Brad, about mm-hmm. leading your leader. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's really interesting how that's working out and I'm able to share like kind of how I see them progressing mm-hmm. over that same period of time that I'm still, I'm learning how to be a leader too. Sure. So it's been very interesting. Nice. Um, so annual reviews are coming up. Yeah. Yep. It'll be your first time kind of going through that process. <laughs> it will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on this side of it at least. Okay. So. This and that, because I guess I get to do one yeah, for myself. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. So kind of applying the same filter to that, what are going into that, um, the experiences you've already had, um, what are, what are some things that you're anticipating that either you want to change or make sure that are, um, that really feel like you within that process? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I've already warned my team. I mm-hmm. was like, they're coming up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, so you should start thinking about this. Mm-hmm. this so start, start is, being yeah. good at your job. Yeah, start start coming up. finally doing good. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Steve. <laughs> this is um, something that uh, I've let them know ahead of time, like very mm-hmm. well ahead of time, because mm-hmm. it's not for a while now. But, um, but like start kind of organizing your thoughts around what do you want to say about mm-hmm. your performance in your in your annual review, um, there's nothing that will come as a surprise that's, that's not in your, your one-on-ones. Yeah. I think that's so terrible. It's, it's like when you open up your review and you're mm-hmm. like, where was all of this the whole rest of the year? It's like, I think it's genuinely like the, the thing that signifies a poor manager is if you yeah. are, you're sitting in a review and you're hearing something for the first time or you're surprised by something. Mm-hmm. That means that, you know, the, the, the weight hasn't been carried yeah. throughout the year. And it's, oh, that's such and, a, yeah. And how mad is your manager at that point? I know. Right. How much yeah, do they but, begrudge you? But then they're like, 
well, this should come as no surprise. And it's like, um, except for that you've never shared this feedback with me the whole rest of the year. Yeah. And whenever I say, how am I doing at my job? Mm -hmm. You say, I'm doing great. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I don't understand this at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you just gave me a bonus a little while ago for doing a great job. And now you're telling me I'm not doing a good right, job. Right. This is so confusing. Yeah. And it just adds to like an, a more negative environment for mm -hmm. everybody, I think. Because mm -hmm. your manager is upset with you for... Mm -hmm for giving a poor performance and you're upset with them for right. you know springing this on you when it comes down to the wire you know yeah. so yeah um yeah we we actually at space 150 a few years ago we removed i mean we still there's a there's a schedule to things obviously mm -hmm. so people are aware of when compensation changes and all those things happen but we definitely did remove like the formality of the annual review process because oh. we just felt like it's not helping anybody because there's sure. anxiety that's going into it. And so mm -hmm. um, our HR team and our leadership team really then switched focus into how do you become that like consistent managerial relationship throughout the year. So there's so much more focus on like quarterly check-ins, monthly check-ins, all of those pieces, making mm -hmm. sure that like questions are asked. It's a lot, I think it's a lot more transparent um, mm -hmm. and, and being in both sides of it, you know, being in, in, in both versions, I should say of that, where we had the annual review process or biannual review process. And then now it's like, I much prefer now because it, mm -hmm. it, it is, it, it forces you not to have those surprises. Cause I think you can have that element of like, Oh, you know, something's, Oh, it's a month out. I'll talk to him about it at this point. You know, I'll write that down. That's a good thing for their review. No, and it's like, day. no, no, right now. Like, <laughs> go get them. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we did that too with a focus more on quarterly and, and, mm -hmm. and the annual is more of a compensation yeah. review and, sure. and peer input. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, I, I guess compensation review is a good term for it. But like, what if there was a way to have all of those checkpoints feed into a system that then said, here's a year in a, in, at a glance for mm -hmm. this person, and then use that as a guideline yeah. for an, a, like a quote-unquote annual. Totally. So you don't do an, a review that's really just about the last three weeks because right. that's yeah. what you remember. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, <laughs> I like actually my, my boss, um, Josh's boss, Josh. Josh's boss. <laughs> uh, Josh Bosch. Gave me feedback right away saying like you should be keeping tabs of this mm -hmm. and like if something's great you know write it down mm -hmm. and if something's not great then then coach it mm -hmm. but like have stuff that you can draw upon and it's not just like your snapshot of the last right. week or two or whatever. Right. And also, and, the, and then for yourself personally, like keep, yeah. keep your own keep file of stuff of yep. like, here's, <laughs> like here's, my, here's the file I read when I feel like I might start <laughs> to cry. Like, people do like me. Things have been, ha, have gone well this yeah. year. Yeah. But you, you need, you know, you need to be an advocate in your own career as right. well. So that's, yeah. Well, and then those accomplishments, like if, if you have some really noteworthy ones, go in your mm -hmm. resume too. Mm -hmm. like, Absolutely. I mean, so keeping a record of the things that you do that are good and, and the things that you do that are bad mm -hmm. so that if something does come up in your review, you're able to say, well, here's, here's the circumstances around that because mm -hmm. you, you know what you've done. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's really powerful. And so it's, it's beneficial on both sides sure. of the coin. That brings up a, a good um, question for me is, do you ever encourage your team to keep their LinkedIn up to date? Because <laughs> so... Um, somebody a boss of mine several years ago started doing that just with all his teams 
Keep your LinkedIn up I know, today. The, just, I know who that is. Just yeah. normal reminders. Yeah, there's an episode in which <laughs> this individual talks about this. But This unnamed, mysterious individual. Uh, and at first, people were like, what the crap, dude? <laughs> like, what, how are you telling me this? What, do you know something? Right. And really, he was just trying to get people used to, you should be keeping yeah. your shit up to date. Mm-hmm. And that, that should be a practice. And you should be... Remembering to do that. I mm-hmm. think it's a good way to coach, but it's hard to coach without freaking people out. Yeah. I would love to just be like, so you should be keeping your LinkedIn up to date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not probably. <laughs> that's, that's one way to do it. Yeah. Huh, that works just as well. Yeah. And then maybe explain it. Yeah. The, you know, <laughs> the, the benefit of something like that, whether, you know, it's LinkedIn or however you, you share that internally is, it promotes a culture of celebration and awareness of, of when things are achieved. Yeah. And, and you know, that's one of, at least personally, one of the things that I struggled with certainly as a new manager is, um, how do you, how do you make someone feel rewarded when it is, when it isn't a title change, when it isn't, you know, a big Mm -hmm. promotion, when it isn't a big, you know, bump at the end of the year, what, like, how do you make sure that they feel like they're continuing to grow? And so that's a good way of, you know, LinkedIn, or again, if it's, it's an internal share system or whatever that is to say, like, you can promote people, um, excuse me, you can promote people's sense of worth and their value within their own job when you when you celebrate it together. It's like, yeah. oh, I actually achieved that. It wasn't just one of the bajillion things I did this year and I just steamrolled through because I'm on to the next right. thing. I don't think I think as a as a culture, we don't we have people who maybe celebrate their accomplishments a little too much. Yeah. I think we all know those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh but but your average person doesn't celebrate no. their accomplishments enough. Yeah. I think. And that yeah, that's that's a good thing to point out. Yeah, it's well because it feels gross, right? You know, like yeah. it doesn't have to. Yeah, but that's it, more like self-aggrandizing. Yeah, but I mean, just saying, like, man, I really yeah. accomplished this. Like, I'm yeah, and I don't know even how you'd necessarily say that, but but I feel like yeah, as a as a leader, I should yeah. definitely be yeah be like calling those out when when they happen. Exactly. Well, and and, and I think the way that it doesn't feel gross is when you have a culture or a um, team atmosphere that again, that that's just kind of the, the normal thing. Sure. You know, if you're, you're standing around and you're doing a scrum or a stand up or whatever, and that's one of the things you bake into it is not, and, and also making sure that it's like, not just you calling it out. It's not mm-hmm. like everyone's sitting there waiting to go like, Oh, who's Josh going to say something nice about today? You know, it's, it's again, if you're in that kind of public environment, it kind of takes the grossness out of it. If someone's like, yeah, I totally kicked ass at this thing. And you know, it, it's, it never would have made it onto a score sheet, but like it was, you know, something yeah. I'm really proud of. And, um, that's a, it's a nice way again to make yeah. people feel like they're growing. Um, what sort of like in, in the first six months here that you've been in this role, like is, has there been, um, a type of advice or something that you've been seeking? Like, is this, has there been a theme to any of that stuff where you're like, Oh man, I'm just kind of in a, at a crossroads. Um, not necessarily a theme, I guess. Although, um, I'm, I'm kind of big into like the mindful leadership movement. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm being mindful in leadership. We ju- we just just make yeah, if, if it's not a thing already, then that's what I'm going to call it. Okay. <laughs> Sup? To MLM. Mindful, mindful leadership movement. Yeah. MLM. Love it. Nice. Hashtag. Hashtag. 
Um, no, I, I, I guess so. You know, how can you take, um, take away the idea of a leader being a person behind a desk who's shut in their closet or in an office, you know, twenty four seven, working twenty hour days, mm-hmm. and making pronouncements from on high? Like, how do we get rid of that mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. and and make it more about collaboration and and having a team that you can trust to to help you make these decisions? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really like the theme that I go with when I look for stuff, mm-hmm. like look for more information and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I just try to find things that... You know, it's that that intuition mm-hmm. piece again, where mm-hmm. you just have to say, "Oh, this feels right," or "No, this really doesn't." Mm-hmm. And I, I've bought books where I, I've just stopped reading them because yeah. I was like, "This is not 100%. good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't feel like you, if it's not going to be authentic, then it's right. yeah, it's a loss. It's this a person's loss. taking the rule of three a little bit too <laughs> literally. <laughs> The rule of three. <laughs> yeah, where you repeat something three yes. times in three different ways so that it sticks harder. I thought it was there's, seven. There's one book that I just like wanted to rip apart. Yeah. <laughs> I was so bored. Yeah. Hearing the same thing repeated three times. Yeah. Every time a statement's made. It was sick. So we have a unique opportunity with the random questions jar today. Mm. Because... This is the first time we've had a guest be the interviewer. Mm. So we were like, what do we do about the random questions? Because this is Josh's interview. So I think what I'm going to have you guys do is, Aaron, I'm going to have you give Josh the, the, a question. And then he's going to have you uh, answer one, too. Okay. So she's reading me the question. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. asking give, you a question. And then he'll give you a random. She'll give you a He'll give you a random question. Okay. I was working through my pronouns today. <laughs> what is your favorite movie and why? Well, right now it's Doctor Strange. Having seen it mere few hours ago. Yeah, we oh. saw it nice. just last night. Nice. It ended around midnight. Good. Was it good? It was yeah, amazing. I've been, I've been reading really good reviews about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, it just was really action-packed. Um, it had maybe a little bit too much um, exposition, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, and the graphics were amazing. The the stunts, the magic, all that stuff was nice. just amazing. So that's kind of top of mind. I didn't, um, I didn't see the post-it, but I feel like the spirit of it is probably more of a what is your all-time favorite? Oh, my all-time favorite. Jeez, I don't even know. It would be a toss-up between two very similar movies. Okay. Um, of the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, solid. And Conan the Barbarian. Oh. Yeah, they're very similar. I know, but not even a l- <laughs> little bit. <laughs> I was like, "What other Wes Anderson movies mm-hmm. are you gonna say?" No, no not at all. No, not not cool. a Wes Anderson. At all. <laughs> um, although Star Wars is pretty yeah. up there too, but I don't know. I I um, recent-ish movies have, re- have really tainted that series for me. Yeah, oh, Conan's yeah, just just spot on. Yeah. All right. So, Aaron, oh, have you ever quit a job based oh. on moral convictions? If so, why? 
No. Okay. So it's kind of a quick answer. Why have you not? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You should have a random question too. Sure. (laughs) That's a leadership decision. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want me to read it to you? Sure. So you, but you didn't, you haven't done this? You haven't um, quit a job for moral, sa- moral safety, okay. ethics? So because you had such a quick answer, <laughs> I'm expanding what's your the question. favorite no. movie and why? No. Um, you know, as you were saying your favorite movie, mm-hmm. I was like, God, that's such a bullshit question. That's so hard. <laughs> like I could never yeah. answer it. What's like, your favorite band? I've got, like, <laughs> no, exactly. I've got like 20 I know. movies that I would it's, consider my favorite. It, it, 100%. Yeah. And I, you know, even like if I ask my husband this question, like I'll be like, "Hey Shane, like what's your top ten? And he'll just like watch his brain just melt. Yeah. Like he's like, it's, no, ter- it's terrible, it's so bad. Um, but yeah, I have I have a number of different favorite ones, but mm-hmm. I think you know there's definitely that element of the ones you can watch with. You know, I have two littles, so it's like the mm. ones that you can watch with your kids that like they love and we love. So like Fantastic Mr. Fox, we've probably watched oh. like yeah literally 1000 times in the last sure. year and a half. Sure. So like that's, you know, really special Star Wars is it the the original Star Wars was, um trilogy is definitely up there as well. Um but I was, you know, I was lucky I grew up in a house my dad's a huge uh huge film nut and we watched a lot of really great films mm-hmm. really early on. Um so probably like sentimental reasons would be Marx Brothers films. So okay. nice. like Horse Feathers and Duck Soup and Night at the yeah. Opera. Like, those are ones that I remember, like, you know, that same kind of generational laughter, uh, you know, across sure. across the family and that you can watch a million times and love. So That's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, high, fid- high Fidelity Labyrinth Ooh. and Almost Famous. Oh. Yeah, I can verify those are, those are definitely your favorites. Not okay. necessarily in that order, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ellie... If you could join any band as a member for their final tour, that's a what really band question. would it be? Oh, man. This that's is presuming that I would be musical. Yeah. Presuming that you had perfect musical talent. Their final tour. I need to see it with my face. Let me see. This. That's not allowed. I'm afraid I have to take that back. That's a really good question. A member of their final tour. Yeah, I'm going to just say, presuming you had perfect musical talent, Mm -hmm. and you could join any band in any genre. Anyone would have me because of my expertise in music. Damn. That's hard. That is a really hard question. Because do do you choose based on the band's presence on stage and wanting to be part of that? Or do you choose because this is a band I would totally want to hang out with? Yeah. Do you have to go both? Like, are you looking for an entire experience? Yeah. Maybe you have to give three different answers. Well, okay. <laughs> You've defined the categories just now. Yeah. So I would say you. it seems like you have three different answers. It's going to have to be. No, I don't. It's gonna, I, I was narrowing it down through my. Yeah. Um, it's going to have to be a band that I would that I would want to be proud to be on stage with because they're mesmerizing, but also have awesome stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to have to quit that band for moral purposes. Right. Either. There. Yeah. You, right. Because right. then you'd have to answer that other yeah. question. Which is 
a little, you know, less strict in a band yeah. than it is in a corporation. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, the, the, but the thing that's hard about saying this is that I hope they never have a final tour. Sure. No, I, I think that that, I mean, yeah. Well, if you're thinking yeah. about the Rolling Stones, the answer is they'll never have never. a final tour. <laughs> not even when they're <laughs> not, dead. Not even. <laughs> it's going to be Andrew Bird. Okay. Oh, yeah. very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I hope they never have a final tour either. Yeah. So. Yep. Very good. Andrew? He. If you're out there. Keep, keep putting that music out. I'm ready to go on tour. <laughs> I can learn how to play tambourine. <laughs> yeah. I think you could. Or cowbell. Mm. Nope. <laughs> I'm not going to learn how to play cowbell, not even for Andrew Bird. What about um, that wooden clacker thing? Glockenspiel? No, I mean like the wood block. Oh, I could get behind that, yeah. You know, yeah, it I mean, sounds literally almost an exactly egg. like a yeah. cowbell, right? An egg. I could <laughs> do the egg. Okay. All right. <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much for yes, coming in. It was in a pleasure. And interviewing Josh. That was really great. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to hear how review process goes <laughs> and how the rest of this first year yeah. goes. Yeah, I guess that's that's going to be in an upcoming episode. Yeah. No, I can't say like specifics. <laughs> We're going to have one of his employees come on and interview him I about love how it. the. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? So good. Yeah. Uh, you think I'm uh, joking? Yeah, you are joking. Um, All of my employees, you can't do that. I'm not joking, you guys. Professionalhumanspodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up if you want to come interview Josh, your boss, on this podcast. There's drinks. All right. Um, ending this episode. Take care. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash ProHumans, or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week. <laughs> <laughs>